Hi guys, I'm Millie Fox, serial entrepreneur, energetic business coach, and lover of all things luxury. Welcome to the Millie Fox Show, a place where you'll encounter refreshing perspectives on manifestation, spirituality, and the new paradigm of feminine leadership. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. I am so flipping excited because the doors to my signature course, Shameless Manifestation, are officially open. If you are a woman who desires more, who's always wanted more, but is feeling super stuck and frustrated and also overwhelmed with the way that manifestation is, you know, taught in the mainstream and you just feels like super unrealistic for you. And you want to feel like you're manifesting, you're manifesting, is on autopilot and it's just a part of the way that you live so that you can revolutionize your life so that you can call in all of the things you felt were meant for you, but just haven't shown up yet and start to feel those feelings of fulfillment, abundance, and freedom that you're deeply, deeply desiring. And you just don't know how to, you know, wrap your hands around and grab hold of for yourself in your life, then this course is for you. This is an incredible 16-week journey of bringing you to this place of manifesting being your your operating system rather than something on your to-do list. It will completely change your relationship with yourself, your relationships with other people, and the way that you view goals and manifesting because this is not just about the material stuff. This is literally about how you want to feel in your life, how you want to be in your life, how you want to live in this lifetime. It really is manifesting really is everything. So come on in, come join me, find the link down in the show notes. And there's a couple of early bird bonuses and things that you will only get access to up until February 4th. Just go and check it out right away. And I hope you enjoy this episode coming up right now with one of my amazing grads from the program. And there are so many more women just like this and just like you changing their entire lives and the way they feel about themselves and everything around them through this work, through this method that I've created uh, that is like truly nothing else. So I can't wait to see you inside. Okay. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. This is my first podcast recording back after two weeks in Turks and Caicos. So I'm happy to be back at it. Uh, Literally just flew in last night. So was a little bit frazzled getting to this this morning. So I thank my next guest already uh, for for (laughs) working with me on that. And I'd love to introduce you to Kylie Nell. So Kylie is an intuitive human design mentor and her work focuses on helping women release generational trauma and fear so that they can consciously manifest a life in business with more money, magic and memories. And I'm so into this. I'm so into this topic 
of obviously manifestation. Like we all know that also generational trauma. So I'm excited to dive into this conversation. So welcome, Kylie. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you, my love. I am so excited to be here. And yeah, I, I mean, when we connected to be like, let's do like podcast collaboration. So I was like, oh my God, yes. Cause I love your vibes. And I think it's very important to see how we're going to bring manifestation with healing and human design and all the good parts just to create more, more magic in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. Right. We have to remember the magic. That's like, we got to keep coming back to that because when we do the trauma work and we do all the other important stuff, sometimes it's hard to tap back into that magic and to remember that magic. Right. Yeah. It's so true. I think that's the biggest thing is as you're going through like your healing journey, it's like, to some extent, the healing is the quote unquote easy part because it's so actionable. It's like, okay, amazing. This wound has come up. Let's do X, Y, Z to remove it. But it's then being able to plug yourself back into your power that a lot of us probably have no recollection, recollection of because we've been through so much in our life mm-hmm. that it's then actually plugging back to that authentic magnetism that you were born with to be like, okay, here's your magic. Here's who you're meant to be and just show up authentically as yourself. Mm, Yes. Okay. Authenticity is one of my favorite topics. Reeling it back for a minute, I would love to know what brought you into the work of, you know, trauma and healing generational trauma. Do you have a story there yourself that's brought you to this work? Oh my God. Yeah. I just got chills. So I feel like I've always been a really old soul. So my life's been pretty big. So for those who don't know, I'm turning 28 this year. I still can't believe it. (laughs) Turning 28 this year, but I feel probably a hundred years old, to be quite honest. Just have truthfully been through a lot of things growing up as a child as well. I feel like more from a place of having to develop emotional and spiritual intelligence and mental intelligence from a very young age. When it came to that part where it's like, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always knew it would fulfill some other role as a healer. Um, and it went through being a doctor. At one stage, I was like, okay, maybe I want to be a veterinarian. Um, and eventually I settled on the fact that I really want to go into the realm of psychology because the mind really fascinated me. And started my psych degree, thought clinical therapy is going to be the route for me. And kind of on par to during the time when I was studying my psych degree, I went through this journey of self-exploration and really diving into who am I? What's my identity? How do I want to show up? And somehow along the lines, I found competing and bodybuilding to be a massive healing tool for me. And threw myself into that because I was like, cool, I'm showing a middle finger to everyone who bullied me in high school. I'm healing worthiness wounds and like mother wounding I had. I'm stepping into developing this like badass exterior where I was always told I'm too soft. I'm too gentle. I cry too much. Um, you know, you just allow people to walk over you. So I was like, okay, let's create this incredibly masculine exterior to kind of protect myself and show that I'm this, you know, I have these boss, boss bitch vibes going on. And the craziest thing is I threw myself into competing so much that by 2017, I'd won quite a few shows. I was invited to do the Arnold's. I was sponsored by quite big like supplement brands, doing a lot of fitness um, modeling. I will never forget standing on the, st- on the stage, one of my very last shows. I looked phenomenal. <laughs> I'll give that to mm-hmm. myself. Everything was amazing on the exterior, but I was absolutely broken inside. 
Mm-hmm. And there was an eating disorder underneath it all. I was severely depressed, anxious, suicidal, like had PTSD from things that had happened over the span of my lifetime. And I just kind of all tried to fix it with competing and just suppress everything in the gym. And I remember one day, just it's crazy how these vivid memories come back when I have this conversation where I was sitting in my bathroom on the bathroom floor, like just feeling absolutely horrific after a binge episode. And I was nearing the shows a few weeks out from my competition. And I received this message from a girl who was like, you're so incredibly inspiring. And I just think you're so amazing. And I just, I want to one day be like you. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at this message and I was like, I actually get emotional thinking about it now. I was like, but if only you knew what was going behind the scenes. And I started mm-hmm. questioning myself and I'm like, what's inspiring about someone who like suppresses their emotions? What's inspiring about me having a binge eating order behind the scenes and being too um, disordered behind the scenes and being too scared to speak about it because I'm scared of the judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, what's inspiring about a woman who has a horrific re- relationship at the time with my mom yet everyone wants to quote unquote aspire to be like me or embody what I've embodied. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really started diving deeper. So I pulled away from the bodybuilding scene. I was like, okay, I, I need to take a step back because my body was failing me. I had severe adrenal fatigue. My depression was at its absolute highest. So I was like, we, I need help because suddenly I wanted to smoke and I've never been a smoker. I was drinking excessively So I was like, something's got to give, this is not right. And I was feeling very disconnected from the world. I still remember telling my trainer at the time, I'm like, is it normal for me to feel high all the time? My body's got, I went into such a survival mechanism from being so depressed, but also being pushed over the edge because I was brutal to myself in training Mm -hmm. that everything just kind of switched off. And I literally felt high all the time. And I'm getting so many chills. (laughs) (sighs) It's, it's crazy. And it was in that midst where I then was like, okay, cool. Like, let's find help. I started going to like therapy. I never, even as a, like studying to be a clinical psychologist, I was busy with my honors at the time. I never really resonated with therapy. I didn't resonate the way that the psych system does psychometric testing on you um, and just diagnoses you and puts you in this box. I did go on antidepressants, but slowly it started making me feel more disconnected from my body. It made me feel more disconnected from life. And there just got to a stage where I then met who now is my husband and he really ignited a flame in me and created a lot of safety for me. Mm-hmm. And I just remember looking at my antidepressants and I was like, I'm done. Like, I think I was four or five months into the course and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? This is not how I want to live my life. I did not go through all of this just to tell a tale. Like there's a deeper reason I want to explore that. Mm-hmm. And I don't recommend this to anyone listening, but I threw my medication down the drain. I'm like, this is not for me. And that's how my spiritual journey started. And just slowly through diving into more of the spiritual journey and going into a deeper healing of energetics, generational trauma, all these things, my intuitive side started developing more. My depression pretty much lifted a lot. I feel like the wound will always sit with me, but my depression lifted quite significantly. And here I am today. Well, here you are today. (laughs) Honestly, man I can't even it's so crazy how similar your story is to mine it's so nuts actually I studied psych as well I always wanted to go into that after I finished my degree I took a dive into the fitness world 
I became a personal trainer. Same. <laughs> it was like a huge portion of my healing actually was like learning how to strengthen my body. Cause I totally discounted my body before and I was very weak and like had all these health issues and yeah, it didn't end up being healthy for me either, but wow. How many similarities there same with like the mother, you know, relationship with my mom, totally difficult, right. Healing the mother wound. And how did you come around to manifestation? Oh, so the crazy thing is I was doing it when I was competing, but I didn't know that I was doing it. I would literally be in the shower and like visualize myself winning and really truthfully embody that. Cause I, I very deeply threw myself into competing. Like it, I lived, I breathed, I embodied the fitness, the fitness space. So for me, it was like, okay, amazing. Like, let me, what does an athlete do? What does an athlete feel like? And I would really embody that. And I would literally do these massive visualizations in the shower to a point of really bringing myself to tears because it was such a real lived experience. Mm. And then I would go butt naked and strut myself in front of the mirror, practice my routines for stage, but then also embody it as, as as if I was live on stage. So the moment I actually stepped and laid foot on stage, it was like such a natural experience because I was like, I've been doing this for, for lifetimes. Then I didn't know about all the concepts of manifestation. I first started diving into like some of Tony Robbins books to like de- develop myself more from a self-development space. And I would probably say in 2019, 20, 2019, 2020, when I went full time into business, and I was like, okay, cool. Like I can see the clinical psych route is not for me. And I want to dive into this online space and fully dedicate myself to this practice that's when I started diving more into energetics and manifestation. And I'd like to say these concepts started naturally finding me as I was connected with people in my network. And I started reading more about it. And then I obviously like stumbled on human design. So then it started just naturally unfolding for me. Amazing. Okay. So this is like a pretty big question, I guess, but what is manifestation to you? What does it mean to you? I love this question. I love this question. I would would say to me, it's really about allowing yourself to to create the life of miracles and allow miracles to fall in. I think that's the big thing. Like, I feel like manifestation allows us to not simply just be the co-creators of our reality, but step into our divine consciousness and be our own creators and take us from our circumstances that we may not love and our environment that we may not connect to and completely shift that entire paradigm to create a life where you feel turned on, you feel the magic, you feel the miracles dropping in and you just, you feel free and fulfilled. Yeah, I agree with you. And what's a miracle to you? It's so strange because I always see these things in my mind's eye and I'm like, I wish I could paint a picture to someone. But I would say a miracle to me is truly a sacred space where your soul gets to experience the most content and most freeing memory. I find that any miracle that drops in for us, like if I think of my horse that I manifested Hagrid, like he was such a divine miracle because he came from such an abused background as well. And we also, Mm. again, just found each other. Mm-hmm. and he's been such a miracle for me. And whenever I'm with him, my soul is just like on the most contained parts. I feel so free and just, yeah, so connected. 
Oh, that's so lovely. I love that imagery and that you have a horse. That's so nice. <laughs> oh, how often do you get to spend time? Oh my God, I'm there every day if I can. Oh, wow. Every that's day. amazing. Mm. Oh, he's so such good. a baby though. He's like four years old. So he's at that age where he's super needy. And if he was the size of a Labrador, he'd probably sit on my lap, but uh-huh. yeah, he's, uh-huh. he's such a cutie. Oh, that is so awesome. I'd love to get to know a horse. I've never had a close relationship <laughs> with a horse, but I know that they are pretty magical animals. So that's so lovely. Okay. So coming back to um, like generational trauma and the mother wound, mm-hmm. how do you think those things play into manifesting and how do we like even bring our attention to them if that's something that we've never considered before? So I think I'm, I'm going to dive into the mother wound first, and then we can go into like generational trauma. I feel like they both have really, really big similarities, but there, there's distinct parts. I feel like the mother wound drops in very much with our worthiness. Like if we actually feel worthy for what we desire, if we actually feel worthy for, you know, the amount of money we want or worthy for manifesting your dream business or manifesting your dream home. And then I think very much in the same sense of like, am I worthy, but then also am I good enough? Because Mm -hmm. if we think about it, that mother connection is the very first significant personal figure in your life that's meant to unconditionally love you, is meant to accept accept you for who you are and create that really secure attachment. Mm -hmm. And it's when somewhere along the lines, and it's by no fault of pointing the fingers to your mom, because they've also gone through their own, their own traumas and their own upbringings. Mm-hmm. It's at somewhere point that line when that's, I would like to say very secure, very sacred space has been broken. And suddenly you feel like you need to prove yourself or overextend yourself to receive your mom's love, or you need to somehow do something to get an approval and to get like this good goal badge to be like, yes, you're now good enough or worthy enough to receive X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And I feel very much when it comes to our manifestations, this is where we start to self-sabotage because mm-hmm. we'll either feel like, you know what, I, for me, it was a huge thing for my mom of always looking a certain way, which is ironic that I went into bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So the craziest thing is when it came to manifestations, before I started really learning about the mother wound and healing this, I never felt good enough. I always felt like everyone else is deserving of this except for me. And strangely enough, I always felt like when I look a certain way, I'll manifest easier Hmm. and things will Hmm. drop into my reality. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to look at that attachment we have with your mom and to see what possibly like traumas came up because that forms a lot of our beliefs and our paradigms of again how safe it is, how safe is it for us to allow whatever we desire to drop in okay so how do you think we can start looking at our own mother wound how like what's what's like some you know actionable sort of like things that somebody can do like i don't know if it would be journal prompts or something mm. that some place to start there i would first dive into safety um, cause I find that that's very much related to the mother wound. So let's say, what is something you're currently working on manifesting? We can use that as an example. Oh, me, jeez, oh, too many things. I don't know where to start. Okay. What am I working on? Well, I'm, I'm in going into a launch right now. So we're, we're manifesting the biggest launch that I've had to date. 
I love that. Okay. So looking at your launch and obviously having money and soul clients like drop in first thing you can be like, okay, looking at the amount of like, let's say you've got a certain amount of money that you want to drop in. We can use that angle being like, okay, why is it not safe for me to receive this right now? Looking at what part of you does not feel safe, knowing it already exists in the field of possibilities. Why is it not here yet? Why is it not safe? Then looking at, okay, amazing. Like maybe it's not safe because growing up, my, my mom always told me that there's not enough money. So I'm actually scared that I'll manifest it and lose it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe you'll just have the reason why it's not safe, but you're, you don't know where to find the root cause. So then looking at why it's not safe, being like, okay, when was the first or most significant time I experienced this belief? Mm-hmm. And it's quite incredible when you ask yourself that what starts to pop up. I find that even playing like any frequency music for inner, for your inner child, if you literally go to Spotify and you're like inner child frequency music, you'll find all the mm-hmm. hurts that really help activate that energetic being and subconscious programming within you. Typing it in and being like, okay, amazing. When was the first or most significant time I experienced this memory? And then from there being like, okay, but why is it safe for me to allow this to drop in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, opposite. And why, yeah, why is it safe for me now to allow it to drop in? And why am I worthy of this desire? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that direct correlation helps us start to heal the mother wound. And I mean, probably one of the more on the upper side, opposite end spectrums would be more practical would actually be looking at your relationship with that, with your mom and being like, okay, where possibly do I need to start setting more boundaries? Where can I start diving into actually opening up conversations? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of things with our mother wounds that we have is because of things left unsaid. And if we can cultivate first that healing within ourselves, be like, okay, I have a mother wound where I didn't feel good enough. Okay. Let's first work on ourselves, bring that healing, because obviously you don't want to open up a conversation in such a vulnerable place coming from such a quote unquote broken and very reactive state. Mm-hmm. Work on that within yourself and then opening up that conversation and finding the closure that you need so that you both can actually move forward. Yeah, that's such a big one. And I think that people aren't talking about the mother wound enough, like it's starting to come up. It's starting to come up more and more. I see it. I notice it. Everybody, you know, likes to talk about like daddy issues, but you know, the mommy issues are some They're big, really big, <laughs> deep rooted stuff. So I think it's great that you're talking about that. And I think it's part of my, you know, soul calling as well to to bring that more into my work as well. And as I have, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so complex and there's a lot of shame around it. You know, like people don't want to talk about it because you, you know, you don't want to admit that you have a bad relationship with your mom because that's supposed to be like the sacred relationship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, if we look at how like society and even just on like pop culture, like television stuff, how everything is kind of glorified to have this incredible relationship with your mom. And then the stepmom is meant to be like the witch. And that's the dynamic you're meant to have. It, it does. It becomes quite like troubling. You know, I, I remember my, my, my godmother, she had a really close relationship with her daughters. And my mom always said to me, it's like, I just wish we could have a relationship like that because it's your main to, and I'm also the only child. Mm. So it's like, you're meant to have this 
dynamically close relationship with your mom, mm-hmm. where strangely enough, I, I, my dad and I always vibed on a really good level. And mm-hmm. my mother-in-law again was like kind of my soul mom. And through having a really good relationship with her, she provided a lot of healing for me to now have a really, I think probably of my entire 28 years of being mm-hmm. like probably the, the most content relationship I have with my own mom now, because we've, we found really amazing mutual grounds. That's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that because oftentimes when you do have, um, you know, mother wound issues or a, a challenging relationship with your mom. So I think everybody has mother wound, you know, mother wounding, but it's just, you know, some people have, you know, an actual trying relationship with their mom on top of that. Um, some people have, you know, like a quote, like air quotes, a good relationship with their mom. They still have mother wound issues, but then there's the people who have like actual problems, like, you know, that we, we're, we're open. We're like, yeah, this is not a good relationship. And so it creates a lot of issues in all other female relationships too. So being able to find somebody, an older, like, you know, an older woman in a mother role that you can find that safety with. That's so huge because, you know, for me, I know, uh, the, like the mother wound stuff has, has trickled down into all of my friendships for years. I had trouble with like female friendships and I've healed so much of that. Um, and been able to find really like a lot of safety in female friendships, but to have that, um, that person that can kind of step in and take that role and, and create that for you. That's so beautiful. I'm so happy that you've been able to find that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, and it's, it's also really important. Like when we're looking at the mother, and this was really huge for me was starting to develop compassion for my own mom. If we look at their generation as well, it was a generation where you didn't speak of things. Like Mm -hmm. if you were anxious, depressed, if there was conflict, like respect your elders, like you need Mm -hmm. to be the perfect housewife or the perfect daughter. So also realizing that they've come from very much so a generation where a lot was suppressed and most likely they don't know better. They're also just doing best with the information they have. So we're, I feel like we're really kind of, the generation that's opening up to this collective consciousness where we're allowing more freedom of speech. We're allowing more communication. We're allowing ourselves to speak up about the things that trouble us and not just suppress everything down. Mm -hmm. So very much so once you start healing your relationship from your perspective towards your mom with no attachment to be like, okay, like I can heal my worthiness wounds. I can heal all the things that happened, all the trauma it doesn't firstly mean that she needs to change who she is and you need to have that acceptance within yourself. Oh yeah. And then similarly, yeah. Have the compassion to be like, okay, like, you know, forgiveness and love, like she may still continue triggering me and showing up. How can I cultivate more patience? But then realizing that once you've, I would like to say kind of fixed or healed the synergy from your end, it actually can reciprocate back. And I see that Mm -hmm. now with my mom where, in a lot of instances, I'm almost helping her heal and helping her ascend from things that have kept her stuck for so many years, which she thought was mm-hmm. the norm mm-hmm. because I initiated it from my end. So I think just approaching it with an open mind and, and realizing that it starts with you and you matter first and foremost mm-hmm. is the most important thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it always has to come from you first, right? Like, so mm-hmm. anybody who's concerned with being selfish or self-centered or whatever, like that's that's a place to be, honestly. <laughs> you gotta put yourself yeah. first, like basically always. You know, I'm sure there are instances where you can put others first too, but like really for the whole life, for the whole picture, for the whole healing, for the whole world, I think we have to put ourselves first, like, you know. 90% of the time, I would say. And this, you talking about, you know, our, our parents' generation brings me into the concept of generational trauma. And I remember the first time I was introduced to the concept, like, well, I'd heard it before, you know, I thought it was like this, well, this was many years ago, really woo-woo thing. I was always really into like reproduction let's just put it that way like I wanted to be like when I was a little I was like I want to be a baby doctor and uh, I actually ended up becoming a doula um, at one point along my journey of the many hats I've worn but I was reading this book and it was about how you know as you know, an egg, we are in our grandmothers, like, because a female fetus develops all the eggs that it will have at four months of gestation, right? So you're in your grandma's body when your mom was a fetus, right? And it's not even just that, like, whatever your grandmother experienced when she was pregnant with your mom also was coded into your cells. And there are studies that show that, you know, if that grandmother went through like a stressful time in her life or like a famine or a war or something like that, that the, the grandchildren of that, you know, m- woman were more predisposed to health issues later in life, like heart disease and, you know, high blood pressure and, and stress related things that didn't necessarily come from their lifestyle, but maybe they did also come from their lifestyle because when you're predisposed to like your nervous system being predisposed to high levels of stress, then you're wired that way. And, you know, you kind of manifest more stress for yourself because you're in this (laughs) constant state of like over-functioning and like, uh, you know, fight or flight. So it really is science. It's not only science or only woo woo. It's, it's both. So I'm curious to hear your take on generational trauma and how that weaves into the whole picture that we've been painting so far. I love that. After that, I'm like, be right back. Just going to like pull up all my, all my like research. (laughs) That was really fascinating. No. So for me, I really much approach it from like the energetic spiritual side. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think where it really started hitting true for me was when I was doing my energy healing certification and we went through an inner child technique where we go back, we can either go back in this lifetime or past lifetimes and we essentially dissolve and heal the trauma that happened at a certain age. And when I went through this process and when we did our practical and was done on us, I literally went back to, and it was so weird when I was in my mom's womb. I didn't know how I got there. It was this outer body experience. And there was so much trauma that obviously my mom had experienced when she was pregnant with me that I had, I then healed and dissolved. And that's when it got me thinking, I was like, okay, but how far back can we even go? And I slowly started diving into the world of past life regressions. And as I started doing past life regressions, 
it took me back into where I was with my great grandmother in a study somewhere in England, which was crazy because I've always had this obsession with England, even though I've never been and always mm. felt so connected to the country and the culture. And somewhere in my grandmother's like library, and I could see her writing a letter. I could see the words she was writing. I could feel her emotions. It was so, so lived and so raw. And the craziest part of it all is going back into that memory. I was busy healing a scarcity wound I had around, around money. Mm. And immediately my subconscious just took me to that memory. And that's how I was introduced to this concept of we carry trauma within us for generations. Mm -hmm. And slowly I started realizing when I, when I was introduced to this and I started opening up just my consciousness to it, I was like, well, I can see how the way that we show up, there are so many programs and patterns and traumas and beliefs within us that we're like, but where does this actually come from? Like, why, why do some people struggle more with money than others? Why do some have, you know, their nervous systems are always more shut up. Why is it that some people feel like they always have this, sometimes the words that want to come out of my mouth are hilarious, have this absolute like death frightening fear of feeling just unconditional love. And despite their childhood, quote unquote, being this perfect, perfect childhood, and there's no reason to find the threat in, in this lifetime, the moment we start going back and they either have conversations with their parents and they hear how like the grandparents grew up or the great grandparents, or when I do like past life regressions and I go into past lifetimes with my clients, I mean, that's not even generational. That's like a lifetime within itself, mm -hmm. but that's when we start to unveil and we're like, well, like you said, like you are years and years and years of genetic coding within you. Like you mm -hmm. carry about a hundred years of coding within you. Mm -hmm. So realizing that you're this great divine being, well, of course, there's years of programs and paradigms that we need to then look into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy. I love this stuff so much. Like I've done, you know, some past life work personally as well with my mom and Oh, oh it's so fascinating. It, it is. I love it so much. And I just remember like the release that I got when I heard the past life information from like previous lives that I lived with her and we were not women in that lifetime, but it was really like just hot tears just str were streaming down my face. And it was so such a release to go like, oh, well, this is not just my like my quotes again, my fault in this lifetime, like there's a greater story at play and, you know, there's so much more at play in everything that goes on with us than just this lifetime or just this one scenario, because everything is so connected and everything is so multifactorial, you know, like, yeah, it's the nervous system, but yeah, it's also the energetics and the genetics and the code, like, you know, it's a layer on top of layer on top of layer. So I think that when we're trying to figure things out for ourselves or when we're trying to manifest and like, maybe if stuff isn't coming through, what I see a lot and, and what I try to speak to a lot in the manifestation world is like to release the shame around it, you know, like yeah. you, you can't always just, you know, figure it out just by forcing or like thinking that you're not at the right vibe or whatever, you know, there's just, it's a, it's a journey of discovery uh, and release. And I think what you said before about compassion, you know, I I'm on compassion. Like I talk about it till I'm blue in the face because self-compassion, <laughs> I think is like, is the answer for, for all of that. 
Um, and I think from a vibratory standpoint that compassion is like right up there beside love. And we think about manifesting, we think about like high vibe. When we think about high vibe, we think about, you know, high energy, like joy and happiness and glee and bliss. Well, bliss isn't necessarily high energy, but the point I'm making is like, it doesn't have to be high energy to be high vibe, right? Like compassion doesn't feel high energy. It feels just like love, right? And love doesn't necessarily feel high energy either. It just feels like pure acceptance and flow and, you know, allowing and belonging. So I think with the, with all of that in, because the generational trauma thing, like when we think about it, we're like, oh, oh my gosh, I don't just have to wade through my own stuff. I also now have to deal with all my ancestors shit too. How am I, <laughs> I going to I feel like you it? could totally make a meme out of that. Like you yeah. got to make a meme. I can like, especially your facial expression now is like, that's a meme. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to get my team to like screenshot that moment. <laughs> so funny yeah it's okay so what would your advice be to somebody who just hears that and thinks something along those lines in terms of like healing their mother wound and like, stepping yeah, into that or feeling overwhelmed you know just like oh my gosh mm. now I have all this other stuff to consider that I, it's not just about you know figuring out my own limiting beliefs it's also about all this other stuff that I didn't even know existed you know what would you say to that yeah person? There's two things that really, or actually three, that come to mind for me. First is have that compassion with yourself and that grace and kindness Mm -hmm. to just acknowledge how incredible it is that you have this awareness. Because immediately our mind goes to, I need to fix, I need to be better, I need to improve. The fact that you know that this is happening behind the scenes, like the, the moment we know, the moment we can change. Awareness, we can change. Awareness brings about change. I mean, if you think about like our journeys, like we even spoke about with our fitness and like the competing and stuff, like if I look at the the woman I was then, or I was still pretty much a girl back then. And I'm like, well, I didn't have half the awareness I have right now. And had I not gone through all these things, I wouldn't have the awareness to be the, like the woman I am today. So have that compassion with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I would say is just really detach from linear time. Because healing is very non-linear. Healing, just because it took us a certain amount of years or months or days, doesn't mean it's going to be the same for you. Like, I very much believe that healing can be rapid and in an instant. Like, we don't have to wait months to heal. I think that's where I go a little bit against the psych (laughs) psych therapy side. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, healing will always present itself to you in different layers. So Mm -hmm. if you healed your, let's say you did healing around your worthiness with your mom, like you'll always receive what you're ready to hold space for. So you might have memories come up right now. You might have certain traumatic experiences come up right, come up right now. And then you, you heal it and you're like, okay, amazing. I feel whole. I feel integrated, all the good stuff. A few months down the line, you're presented with a new, a new circumstance. You're presented with maybe you're doing an up level or you're busy manifesting your biggest launch or something happens that's new in your environment. Suddenly the same wound comes up and you're like, but I've healed this shit. Like, why is it still coming up for me? Mm -hmm. But if you look deeper, it's most likely presenting itself with an entirely different lens. And this is a new dimension. 
because we are such multidimensional beings. We can't purely put our traumas into a box and expect the box to be ticked and it's done with. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would, and then I would say, get your, like really invest in a guide, a mentor, even if it's like self-development books or podcasts like these, like really just find that guidance because I find that it's when we really receive that external guidance, we move out of our heads and we start surrendering more because we're like, okay, I, I finally don't have to just be in the survival mode of thinking for myself, doing for myself, trying to find the solutions, but I can actually surrender to a process where I'm, I know I'm being safely guided. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And feeling like we don't have to go it alone is so good for for our Huge. safety as you know, the feelings of safety as well. Right. Like, oh, I get yeah. to have support. I get to receive, you know, this like this whole this container, this, you know, space for myself, which a lot of us don't even give ourselves this space. You know, we're, we're always just like so tight and gripping and like, oh, yeah, the we need to all just take a deep breath let's take a deep breath (laughs) I feel so too like we need to breathe more um but yeah like even as you were saying that this another thing popped to mind is I think also just find the things that feel good for you Mm. and your healing like so often you'll you'll be introduced to a range of tools but just what works for one person may not feel good for for another So Mm -hmm. if you're like, okay, cool. Like everyone is journaling and like everyone says this is the path to healing, but you resent writing down on paper and it frustrates you, then try different techniques, try voice journaling, try, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe even painting, maybe that's your form of journaling. Like just really find things that make you feel good as well. And then help you process the best Mm -hmm. without putting any attachment or expectation onto that. It has to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's just so many different ways about it too, right? Like you could dance, you could Mm -hmm. exercise, like, you know, that was a huge part of both of our journeys too. And allowing it to also shift over time, right? Like I go through phases. I'm sure we all go through phases where like I'm into journaling and then I'm not into journaling, you know, uh, and, and, allowing that to be without being like, Oh, I really got to get back to it. You know, just let it, you know, let it flow. Um, I think that's also a really nice amount of grace that you can give yourself, um, as part of the, the whole situation. Now that we've covered so much deep stuff, (laughs) I mean, this, (laughs) you know, your answer to this next question could be pretty deep too. Um, actually pause before I ask you the final question. I do want to ask you one more question. What do you think is the biggest myth in manifestation that you see that's propagated? Oh my God. Okay. I feel like there's two that come to mind for me. One is that you actually touched upon this is like the whole concept of being high vibe means you have to be this happy, go lucky, feel good all the time. I see it going around where everyone's like, be high vibe to manifest, but no one's really explaining what high vibe means. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest myths. Mm -hmm. And another one is that manifesting has to confine to be specific, have a date, have a timeline, and you have to manifest to the book. Mm -hmm. Um, If I look, especially with human design, like there are specific manifestors. And I feel like these are these are really the leaders who taught manifestation. They're like, Uh, you have to manifest like, I want to have $50,000 within the next five months by this date. And so it is. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if you especially look like I'm a non-specific manifester, 
Yeah, it, it never it never vibed for me. I was like, well, it's, it feels very self-sabotaging. I could do it sooner. I could do it later. I know I'll do it in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. But why why put such cons- so many constraints? I could make more. I could maybe make less because that's what I'm meant to receive. Like there's so many infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the huge thing is realizing that manifesting doesn't have to... It, it isn't very much a copy and paste formula and you will know this more than anyone. It's, yeah. it's so unique and there's so many things. Yeah. So I think those are the two big myths. I think mm-hmm. it's like thinking you need to manifest like everyone else. And then that you have to be this high vibe, high vibe honey to allow your desires to drop in. Mm-hmm. It's not about checking boxes, right? Not at all. It's like, I feel like my manifesting is just like a flow a flowing. So when you ask me what I'm currently manifesting, I'm like, oh, all these things like that are, you know, (laughs) converging, which is funny and ironic because my final question that I always ask everybody on the show is what are you currently manifesting? So I'll, I'll end with that. So what what are you, what are you currently manifesting? I love that. So one of the things I'm currently looking at is getting a beautiful home at the ocean. Mm. really want to live in the sea so we live in the countryside here in South Africa and I've I've always loved the ocean just the smell and that connection to water is just so divine my soul sings and mm-hmm. we went to our holiday home um over December and my folks live by a lagoon it's so beautiful and the lagoon connects to the heads that move into the ocean and just mm-hmm. being there I like looked at my husband and I was like I can feel it like next year, which is now this year, 2022 is the year that we are going to have this magnificent home by the seaside. Mm. And I can, and my non-specific energy, I can just, I'm even getting butterflies now. Um, I can just feel that state of like freedom, these beautiful, it's very like airy spaces, just magnificent lights shining in and just spanning the ocean every time I wake up. So Mm. that is currently on my list. That's so good. I know. I love the ocean too. I'm frequent making frequent trips to places where I get to, you know, be, be in its presence. So that's really beautiful. Thank you so much, Kylie, for being here. That was such a beautiful conversation. I know we could talk about it forever. Like there's so much to dive into. Um, but I think it was really illuminating, especially for those people who've never really, you know, had any exposure to those concept so thank you and can you please let everybody know where we can come and get to know you better yeah no thank you this was like such a vibe I love this mm. so you can find me on Instagram at Kylie double, double underscore now or my Facebook group which I absolutely love the community there we're the limitless female entrepreneurs and those mm-hmm. are like the two places where you can come oh. out and hang and I'm always there Okay, cool. We will definitely include the links in the show notes. And are there any, you know, offers that you have right now available that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, like I think probably based on everything we spoke of today, I'd probably say my intuitive healing sessions are the best, especially if anyone wants to dive into like the mother wounding and the and really the generational trauma. Like we'll do tarot readings, I'll I can do past life regressions for you. And it's really just an intimate intensive, like probably an hour to two hours where we just really sit and focus all the energy on you. So I would say that's like one of the biggest things based on today's conversation. Yes. I may take you up on that. (laughs) That would be awesome. Anytime. You're more than welcome in my world. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to hit you up. Okay. Well, thank you again so much and we will chat again soon. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of The Millie Fox Show. If you resonated with something in the episode, take a screenshot right now and share it to social. You can tag me at Millie Fox so I can reshare it. And while you're there, come give me a follow and say hey. If you're really vibing, I would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review to help the show reach more listeners. And if you want to go one step farther with me, you can hop over to the link in my bio on Instagram to see how you can work with me. Thanks again. Love you guys.